Hello, it's Julie Bindle, and I'm in Vancouver, in Canada. And guess who I've just bumped into? Amy Ham, the nurse who has been forced to take her employer, the Canadian version of the NHS, to court because she feels she has been unfairly treated and discriminated against for her perfectly reasonable beliefs. She tweeted, I heart JK Rowling. And for that, she was accused of transphobia. I don't want this sort of attention on me, but I also, I'm not gonna walk away from this. And it's really nice to now see that this is a global grassroots movement of people who have had enough. It's a resistance movement. It is. We've spoken to Amy on the podcast previously, but I've caught up with her again just four weeks before her extremely important case is due to be resumed. Just have a listen to this story and tell me it doesn't fill you with dread and horror. It's so great to be face to face with you. Yes. We must remember to get a selfie. Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's do that and let's put it on social media Yeah, and let's just worry and wind everyone up. Like, why are they (laughs) together? Yeah, that will make a lot of people, a lot of heads will burst. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. It's it's really good to be sitting in front of you and have this chat. I mean, I feel that we know each other already. So do I, yeah. I suppose in the modern day (laughs) era of most friends in different countries... Mm-hmm. Never meeting physically. Yeah. This is quite a treat. It is. I'm really glad that we got to meet up during your short trip to Canada. Well, me too. And I'd really much prefer us having a nice dinner with a couple of martinis. But That would be amazing. Next time. Next time. I mean, yeah. at least we've got the tea and we've got the honey cake. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Amy, last time we spoke, you were telling me about the forthcoming case, mm. which you can just tell our listeners in a nutshell sure about and what it's based on just briefly and then I'd really like to talk about what life has been like since we spoke earlier this year and what's happening next sure so the gist of my case is that I three years ago I was notified that I was under investigation from the BC College of Nurses and Midwives Uh, I'm a registered nurse and two members of the public complained about me and what I do outside of work. Um, And this happened after being involved in putting up an I heart JK Rowling billboard. So they called me transphobic and a danger to trans people and gender diverse people. And rather than my college saying that this was politically motivated or vexatious, they investigated me. And I... They tried to settle with me, which I refused. It would have involved a suspension and saying that I'm transphobic. I'm not. Um, So now I'm at the disciplinary hearing stage, and that's been... We've had three sets of um, days in tribunal, uh, which is like a quasi-court process. And I'm four weeks away from the third set, and it will be 21 days after this is over. So it's a long, long hearing. I've yet to be able to present a single piece of evidence on my behalf. The College of Nurses has fought tooth and nail to not even allow me to have a single witness to defend me. Um, they, they really don't want me to have... 
they've given their case. They've rested their case. They don't want me to have a voice at all. Why? Well, this is all about me going against the orthodoxy of gender ideology. And it was clear from the beginning that they just wanted to intimidate me and make me shut up and go away. And I think that they started thinking, you know, the suspension and the public apology would be enough to shut me down. And, and then I wouldn't continue writing about gender, talking about it, doing events. And of course they were, they were wrong because, um, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. I'm too stubborn. And if anything, it made me want to speak up more. And I have since then, um, so, yeah, it's, just, it's at this point, it's like they have a vendetta against me. They're trying to destroy me. Why do you love J.K. Rowling? <laughs> I also love J.K. Rowling, Yeah, um, I just... She's obviously an incredibly talented writer. And her... Um, I, I love her Strike Detective series. That's my one of my favorite series of books. So I'm eagerly looking forward to the next one. I think it's out later this month. And we're watching it back home on TV as well, the series. Amazing. I've seen the first two seasons, I think. So I have, I've got a lot of catching up to do. But those, and those actors are great too, because they've also been supportive of her, which is very brave for actors to do. Um, but yes, I, I, she's talented, she's amazing, and then I was absolutely, I was so delighted when she came out as gender critical, and people were, there was the buzz around it, I think maybe five years ago or something, and um, there were whisperings uh, amongst feminists that they thought that she was a quote-unquote turf, like we were, <laughs> and then there was that one day where she came out as a turf or gender whatever you want to call it and it just made me love her even more I'm like she's obviously highly intelligent because of the way she writes she's one of the few people in the world that can tell stories like she does and yeah I just have I have a lot of admiration for her and she's put up with so much since she came out with her views death threats rape threats just you know like thousands of them I mean she's a feminist why wouldn't you question gender ideology it's the antithesis of feminism it is so it does it seems obvious when you are actually a feminist and a rational person um and i i guess that's sort of the crux of the issue is sometimes my mind just goes around and around and i try to understand how so many people have been brainwashed into thinking or at least thinking that they should be nice and play along with trans women or women um Men belong in women's spaces. No Children. one believes trans women and women. No one. No. No yeah. one on this planet believes trans women and women. I agree with you. I I don't think anybody thinks that. And I just think people are cowards for insisting that they do think that. Or the Be Kind Brigade that really do believe these idiots, mainly younger gay men who weren't around during the fight for gay liberation gay and lesbian liberation, where these young gay men, these misogynists, tell them that this is like the fight for gay and lesbian rights. It's not. not it's actually all. very homophobic, this movement. It is. It's a movement that is sterilizing and castrating gay children, gender non-conforming children. It's, and, it, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard the phrase trans the gay away. 
And I, I remember there was the Rolling Stone years ago did this article about how confusing and amazing it was that there were these pockets of trans acceptance in the deep south of America where people are very religious. And it makes sense to me. Exactly. <laughs> they'd rather have a trans child or they'd rather have a child that masquerades as the opposite sex to make yeah. them heterosexual. Exactly. Yeah, and it's the same thing where people talk about Iran and there's so many trans... It's like, because they're homophobic. That's right. It's blatantly obvious. I mean, in, in 2008, I did this Radio 4 debate where it was quite a, a good format. It was called Hecklers. And they take someone with an kind of um, unpopular view. So it mm. might be the war in Iraq was a good idea. Right. They had me saying... Uh, sex change surgery is unnecessary mutilation. Okay. So this was 2008, and they had four, I had four opponents, all of whom were pro-trans, two of, <laughs> of whom were trans. You were on your own there. Three, three trans, one Peter Tatchell. Oh, wow. The pro-child abuse uh, activist. Yeah. And I was on my own, and it was in front of a live audience. Um, and I put forward the fact, not opinion, but fact, mm -hmm. that more sex change surgeries were performed in Iran than mm. anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. And my opponents were arguing against me. Mm. And the host at that stage, who had obviously got our arguments in brief prior to the recording, because yeah. it was going out as live, had to intervene and say I was right. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. I mean, what does that tell us? And, and here in Vancouver, it thinks of itself as a very progressive city in... Mm. Trudeau's very liberal, progressive country. Yeah. And we, of course, call it Tranada. Yeah. You call us Turf Island. We call <laughs> you Tranada. Oh, I'm laughing, but I should be crying. Well, you know, when I, when I got off the, the flight, long flight here from London, I went into the bathroom and as I was washing my hands, a woman came up to me and said, excuse me, are you Julie Bindle? Mm. And I thought, oh, God, this could go either way. Yeah. I'm yeah. in Tranada. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, oh, it's just, I saw you with Douglas Murray oh, talking wow. about Pride, and it was a very funny video. And I thought, oh, how odd great. is this? Yeah. This is, we are everywhere. Yeah. You know, women that understand this is bullshit are everywhere. I was boarding a flight in Barcelona with my partner. We'd been for the weekend to visit an old friend. Mm -hmm. And as we were boarding the woman who was checking my passport said, I know who you are, you're Julie Bindle. She says, I'm a radical feminist. Oh, that's And lovely. it was just amazing. I yeah. just, and I said to her, we're everywhere. Yeah. And we fist bumped and I got on the flight and felt really good about it. Yeah. Because actually the reason why we're taking notice, I mean, it's not because I'm a feminist superstar, it's because we're taking notice of the few of us, still mm -hmm. relatively few that are speaking out. Mm -hmm. People know you. I mean, yeah. do, do you get ever stopped <clears throat> around this yeah city to this to happened actually about two weeks ago and I had the same reaction I was just in the grocery store and someone I saw someone sort of staring at me and went are Amy are you Amy Ham?" and my stomach dropped it, I went through a moment of terror because I'm like I don't know and it was a man too I'm like I don't know if this is someone who wants to say hi and say something nice or someone who is a trans rights activist and is going to scream at me. Thankfully, it was the former. Um, and I chatted with him for a while and he said, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing and good luck with your case. But yeah, it's definitely, it's happening. Um, people are taking notice. 
that's really great and mm-hmm. thank you for doing what you're doing because it, it really ricochets across entire continents and not just in in yeah. Canada yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild how that happens and I was recently in the Telegraph documentary about Canada so it's strange it's surreal to me that they even reached out to me in the first place because it's it's uncomfortable a lot of times to have that atten- I don't want this sort of attention on me, but I also, I'm not going to walk away from this. And w- it's really nice to now see that this is a global grassroots movement of people who have had enough. It's a resistance movement. It is. Tell me about the personal toll on you. I obviously don't want to, you know, ask you questions that are overly personal. I don't want to drag up feelings that you possibly try to suppress speaking personally it's <laughs> yeah. how I get through things gin and Netflix you know whatever yeah. <laughs> but but just tell me about the personal talks I want people to understand the cost of this on individual yeah. women yeah I'm a fan of gin too <laughs> so when we finally have dinner we'll have to have some <laughs> next time yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's you know I've gone on a couple of stress leaves I'm still working even which to you know, if I'm as the CEO of BC Nurse, Nurse Midwives told our largest national paper, the Globe and Mail, uh, that I am guilty and a danger to trans people, and yet they haven't taken away my license for the last three years, so I'm still working. Um, you know, if they actually believed that I was a danger, you'd think that they would have taken my license away. They can. Well, they do certainly that. should have done. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're dealing with people in the most vulnerable position mm-hmm. so they really should and in it's fact, within you probably their... should demand that they, <laughs> that they do that it's within their power to do so there are people who are put on on leave when they're being investigated and going through hearings but no I've I've been working aside from these stress leaves and it is um there is a I don't I don't like to focus on oh poor me I try as we talked about earlier this isn't a personal thing even though it does feel personal but it's like it would be happening to someone if it wasn't happening to me and I just happened to have been the person who had the target placed on my back because I was speaking out at this point in time um but yeah it's it's hard I have colleagues that won't look at me or speak to me anymore that I've known for years um I'm in leadership and at a hospital now and um you know I know about people who have gone to my director and demanded in front of a boardroom full of people that I immediately get fired. And uh, it's it's hard for years on end to just kind of show up and hold your head up high. And I, I keep doing it and I want to, I don't want to cower away or back down because I haven't done anything wrong, but it definitely takes a toll, you know, insomnia, just a lot... I, I just had to get a mouth guard for teeth grinding at night. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, it's tough. I actually also, this is kind of deeply personal, but I just started seeing a counselor for, right. I've tried it once before and it's weird for me to do that, but I've just started again because I, there's too much pressure with this looming hearing. So, I mean, good for you. Um, we should, by the way, get somebody to market feminist mouth guards, I think, because the teeth grinding thing <laughs> yeah. is a real problem. Yeah. I sometimes wake up and my jaw feels like it's been clamped together yeah. by steel. Yeah. And the insomnia as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. And you're right. I mean, this isn't personal, 
but it has a terrible personal toll. It's political. Mm-hmm. It's, it's misogyny. It's the men's rights movement. It is, yeah. But it's given men on the left, and actually women that hate feminism as well, because they're yeah. handmaidens <clears throat> and want to please men, mm-hmm. and they take the easy route and let us take all the flack. Yeah. It's given men on the left permission to call us turfs when they want to call us cunts and bitches yeah. and whores. It's perfect for them because they're they're misogynists. Absolutely, different ways to men on the right. You know, they're supposed to believe in liberation movements. Mm -hmm. They do, except for ours. Yeah. Um, and I hate the hypocrisy. I I hate it. That the fact that this is misogyny became. I mean, I already knew that, but it became very clear to me because I lost all of my friends over my politics. Well, I retained a couple but most of the friends in my life now are new friends that I've met since I started doing this and there are people who I used to be friends with men who disowned me but there were some men in the social circle that completely agreed with me same politics and they're fine they're still friends it's you know I'm a woman and they can call me terrible names and disown me but they're just fine with their male friends saying trans women aren't women. Right. But not for me. Funny that. Yeah. Tell me about your new friends. Are they from all walks of life? Are they feminists? Who are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, a lot of... <laughs> it sounds strange, but I have met a lot of people off of Twitter and from doing events in Vancouver. Um, and it's a very, <clears throat> I guess, motley crew. It's <laughs> friends from their 20s to their 60s. Mm. A lot, lots of feminists, and even, you know, I'm one of the founders of the uh, Canadian organization COSBAR, Canadian Women's Sex-Based Rights, and we're nonpartisan. And I personally, I don't have any problem being friends with people who have different beliefs and values than I do. So, you know, I've got friends who are religious as well, and I think at one point in my life, I wouldn't have been as open to that as I am now. Yeah. Well, we all have a line in the sand. Um, Mine is that I don't work directly with those that wish to remove rights that we've already got. Mm. So, for example, the right to abortion um, and, and also my rights as a lesbian to have next of kin uh, status. Right. And, and, adopt children and all of those things that we fought for but otherwise my door is open yeah people that are conservative people that are religious I've met some really good individuals Mm -hmm. that would define themselves as such but they're respectful we share a set of values yeah and often they are very socially liberal yeah and don't support us on the trans issue because they're bigots Mm. and think trans people are weirdos (laughs) yeah in the way that we don't think I mean, I hate, I hate how some, um, some people in the UK, some individuals, will constantly deride people's appearances. Mm-hmm. They will go on in a cruel, irrelevant. I mean, it's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. It really is. I mean, obviously, we know that men that dress for autoerotic reasons. Yeah. In what in the in what they think of women's clothing, we know they look ridiculous. Yeah, we do. And. I think that's fine to say, you look mm-hmm. ridiculous. Of course. Um, because they're dressed up as some kind of porn doll of yeah. their own imagination. But otherwise, I don't want to laugh at the fact that Sam Smith yeah. looks ridiculous when he's performing. Right. I think that's completely irrelevant. Yeah. But 
in terms of alliances and working with or being friends with people that mm-hmm. we wouldn't necessarily have met before. Yeah. I mean, I find that that's actually enriched my life. Absolutely. It has, yeah. Um, I understand now, I think, more about people outside of my community of feminists and lesbians and leftists. I understand mm-hmm. where decent people are coming from, but perhaps from a different angle. For sure. And it's, it's such a supreme irony for people to scream and shout at us that we are bigots. Because we're absolute, we're the opposite. They, it's the bigots that are calling us bigots, and I don't. I think they need to just look up the definition of that word. Um, it's just so, so intolerant. Now, we all firmly believe, and will not have it any other way, that you are going to win this case, and we'll make it happen. <laughs> Thank but you. But can you just take yourself out of that? vague comfort zone for one second yeah. and just tell everybody what the stakes are here. What sure. would happen if they actually did manage to win mm-hmm. and silence you? Yeah, I'm. my license is on the line. Um, I could actually lose my job, which I've worked, I've been a nurse for more than 11 years now and I support my two sons and I could lose everything for having gone against gender ideology. Um, And it's a very terrifying thought for me. And of course, I I don't, it's supposed to be over after this set of hearings and then there are some written arguments back and forth between the legal teams and then the panel is supposed to make a ruling. I'm not confident that it will be over because the college has tried to, I think, I, in my opinion, delay and delay and delay because it's torturous for me. So I won't be surprised if it's delayed even further. Um, but after the panel makes a ruling, whatever it is, they have the power to take my career away from me. This can then go into Canada's court system. And I just know I'm not, I will take it to the Supreme Court yes. of Canada if I have to. It's not or I have not done anything wrong and I'm not laying down and letting them fuck me over. And you would have an army of support behind you, not just in Canada but elsewhere, I promise you that. Thank you. What would it mean for nursing? What would it mean for the health system in Canada if you lost? Well, I I was telling you earlier, there's um, a BC nursing school at University of Victoria. It's one of the it's a huge program so they've gone, it was in the news this week from They have 160 seats for new nurses each year. And previous years, they were seeing 1,000 people applying for the 160 seats. And it's just come out that this year, they can't even fill the seats in their program. Why do you think that is? I think that the, I think there are a lot of things going on. And partly nurses were fired in BC for not taking COVID vaccines. I do think that plays a role, but I also think that people see the case that is happening and they look at the BC College of Nurses and Midwives and would think, why the fuck would I want to be a nurse in a province where if you, whether they agree with me or not, if you have an opinion that the college doesn't hold, they're going to try to destroy you. Why would you do that? Well, yeah, and it could be any particular issue. It could be about critical race theory. Yeah. Um, it, it could be about COVID. It could be about all manner of 
issues. Yeah. It could be a, a religious belief or a secularist mm-hmm. belief. Yeah. It could even be religious belief related to abortion. I know there are tons of, you know, we have a lot of foreign nurses too that are pro-life. And what is what if the College of Nurses decides to start weeding out who they are and do this to all of them too? Because what matters is their action and giving people good health care, not mm-hmm. what their personal belief is, surely. Yeah. I mean, one example that I often give is in the 1980s when I was campaigning to improve police practice when it came to domestic violence, mm. rape and sexual assault, where we often train the police in best practice and to dispel the myths around these issues. Mm-hmm. You know, women ask for it. Men can't help themselves. All of that stuff. And some of the police officers, well-meaning officers, would try to convince you that they really cared Mm. about these women. And we were saying to them, look, we actually don't care if you care. We really don't care if you go home at night and break your heart about that woman's (laughs) battered face. We care that you do your job properly. Mm -hmm. And it got through to them because you can't insist that people believe. No. But what you can insist upon is that they never, ever are derelict in their duty. Mm -hmm. So surely if you've got a nurse coming from um, a very religious community, for example, in one of the African nations where Mm -hmm. some some of your nurses come from, where they are going to Baptist church, Pentecostal church, and they are told that abortion is a sin, and they carry that around with them as we Mm -hmm. carry around lots of things that we've been taught yeah um surely it all that matters is that they treat women presenting for Mm -hmm. any kind of health care relating to her reproductive rights with respect of course and that she she follows the mandate and the law Mm -hmm. and the protocol yeah it's a it's such a basic principle that you go to work as a healthcare professional and you leave your own personal values at the door it doesn't impact your care and if it does then that's an issue um that's not something why do i have to have a thought in my head that i literally think that trans women are women in order to do my job that's batshit crazy well and let's turn it on its head um say a man presented in need of health care because of a botched surgery Mm -hmm. which are very common during his gender reassignment Oof, surgery. Yeah, read lots of horror now, stories. We, we know that this happens. Yeah. And I've spoken with some, some great feminist medical professionals who will talk about the dangers of this surgery. And it is unnecessary surgery. It's, it's outrageous that we're even thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I use the man as an example as opposed to a young woman who's had a double mastectomy that's gone wrong because clearly... You know, that's the most common scenario. Mm-hmm. But and you as a woman, no one's no one's questioning that you would actually be against that woman identifying as a trans man. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny, isn't it, that they wouldn't question that. Yeah. It's all about trans women. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's about men demanding yeah. capitulation. <laughs> yeah. But let, let's have this scenario where a man presents um, in real trouble some septic, maybe sepsis is setting in, something's gone wrong, Um, would you even imagine, would you you stop for one second and think, 
I'm ideologically opposed to this man presenting as a trans woman and therefore he won't get my best treatment. Uh, absolutely. Of course not. It's just that I mean, it's a rhetorical question, insane. obviously. Yeah. Well, and you know, I've, I have taken care of a lot of um, trans people and trans women and I've also taken care of pedophiles and child molesters and people who've groomed children and they have criminal records for doing that. I've taken care of violent men who have beaten their girlfriends. When I did outreach nursing, I, you know, I've taken care of men that were in an abusive relationship beating up their girlfriends every day and I would see both of them and I gave them the same care because I was there to do my job. Right. And in my head, I, you know, I'm having a lot of thoughts but it's not affecting how I do my job. See, this is what I think is really important to get across. It doesn't affect you doing your job. Yeah. So it's a form of mind control mm-hmm. and it's, it's a punishment yeah. for you not personally adhering yeah. to their orthodoxy, isn't it? Of course, it's yeah. It's outrageous that you're in this position, yeah. fighting this case. Yeah, it's just that they want to be the thought police and you can't. You, you can't police people's thoughts. Well, look, let's move forward in a positive way because when you win your case and Mm -hmm. when this is all over for you, it will set a very important precedence. Have you been talking to any um, of our women back home that have taken cases, Maya Forstatter, Alison Bailey, any of those women? We've got one coming up, Joe Phoenix. Mm. You know, we've got several Mm -hmm. women that have bravely fought their employers and and have won. Yeah, just just a little bit here and there on Twitter, but I would love to you know, one day I'm going to have to go over to Turf Island and meet everyone. Well, you'd be very welcome, of yeah. course. <laughs> Although, yeah. you know, we run out of ice um regularly. <laughs> Think things go terribly wrong on Turf Island sometimes. The weather can't always be, you know, as nice yeah. as you would want it. Oh, so it's... there are things you need to be warned about before you get there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you should. When this case is over, we're going to welcome you to Turf Island and we're going to have a big celebration. Oh, that, that is something to look forward to. So I'm not feeling optimistic. I, I feel a bit buoyed by your optimism. But the, yes, I would love to win and go to Turf Island and have a big <laughs> turf party there. Well, I can tell you that... From talking to those women that have become my friends and close comrades, Maya, Alison, Joe, others, they never think they're going to win because you're in hell when you're fighting these cases. Now, I took a case which wasn't about my job, so it was tiny in comparison to your case. And it was my choice to bring it because I was sick of being defamed by pink news that we affectionately term prick news. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and forced them to settle after 18 months of litigation. And it was horrible. It was gruelling, and they stretched it out mm-hmm. in the hope that I would run out of money and nerve. Yeah. And neither of those things happened. Yeah. Trust me when I tell you, mm. no one taking these cases lays awake at night fantasising about winning. I would dread that they would win. I would dread I would lose. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. be publicly humiliated. Because that's the way our minds work. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. It's, it's a form of protection. Yeah. But we won't let that happen to you. Uh, yeah. You're fighting it on behalf of everyone. And it's a yeah. cliche, but it's true. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Yeah. So thank you again for doing what you're doing, Amy. And um, 
I'm just so pleased that we're sitting here together breathing the same air. Yes, me too. It's been it's been great. And like you said, it already feels like we know each other. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> yeah. And I'll send your love and appreciation back to Turf Island. Yes, thank you. Please do that. <laughs> thank you for listening. And please support Amy because this case is really pivotal, not just in Canada, but everywhere where we're supposed to have freedom of expression and employment rights. Until next time.